Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Timmy D in the industry. Thanks for telling a friend. Thanks for sharing, liking, all that other fun jazz that comes along with being it. I just found out that. Well, first of all, happy Thursday, everybody. And I really do appreciate you all tuning in. I just found out that they are turning the power off at my place. Well, not just my place, but the building that I am in. Uh, I live in a condo complex. My section of the complex is being shut off today for five hours. So, I'm going to try and record this podcast before they shut that power off. I hear they're going to do it in the next 20 minutes. So, for the next 20 minutes, I'm going to be blabbing about some things. I had some thoughts after the last podcast where I was talking about this Billie Eilish sound-alike named Tate McRae. And then I started going down the rabbit hole. Because much like everything in music... You get somebody who breaks the mold, somebody who shatters the glass. Now, Billie Eilish uh, really is kind of a regurgitation of this little... I, I, I wouldn't say she's little known. She actually had a very promising career back in the early 2000s. Uh, she was singing with the Black Eyed Peas right before Fergie joined the band. As far as I, as far as I know, when I did my research, her name is Esthero. E-S-T-H-E-R-O. Esthero. Look her up. You might find some really cool tunes. And if you listen to the way she sings, she's a little bit more jazzy about it and not so mumbly. But uh, Estero, check her out. She's got this song that just I absolutely adore. And it's called If the Mood. So look it up. Estero, If the Mood. But chase that rabbit hole a little bit and you'll see that uh, not only similarities, but some of the vocal patterns. Listen to this right here. Very Billie Eilish. And this is back in 2000, I think it's 2004, 2005. So pretty much 14 years before Billie Eilish breaks big. This is mm, slamming. A lot of the harmonies are the same. The same. I mean, the same attitude in the harmony. The only difference is, is she had more of a lounge singer vibe, and she had this big band with her all the time. If you look up her performance, hang on, let me turn this down. She's turn that music down. <laughs> turn it down. My mom used to always say, <laughs> my brother and I would be blasting the music, and you just hear from downstairs, turn that music down. <laughs> <laughs> my mom's so great. So great. Love my mom. But it would just be those funny moments where you'd be just jamming a song and then you could just hear the wall. <laughs> Timmy! Jason! Whoever has their music loud! <laughs> it's a terrible impersonation of my mom. She did it way better. Anyways, uh, playing tonight at Hennessy's in La Jolla. So... I'll see all of you there. And yeah, going to be jamming for a while, doing four hours. So going to play a bunch of Pullman standard tunes, going to play a bunch of cover tunes that I've never tried to do live. So bear with me, ladies and gentlemen. Other than that, uh, I would like to say thank you uh, to all the fine folks that have been uh, reaching out to me. 
And uh, after after my last show at Hennessy's, let me preface this. After my last show at Hennessy's, I gave a lot of buttons and stickers away. And, the, you know, the next day you didn't you didn't really uh, didn't really get any traction. Didn't see any traction on Instagram. I got one like from somebody or two likes, something like that, or two follows or whatever. Facebook, you see a couple follows. And then just the just the next week and a half, I've been getting random like, hey, listen to your music. Hey, rock and roll. Glad to have you back in San Diego. All this stuff. So all of you who have reached out to me, thank you so much. Keep tuning in to Timmy D in the industry. Uh, I promise if I just found out about this power outage, otherwise we'd be having a guest in studio, which is not happening now. And I have to call them, but I want to get this this uh, this episode recorded really quickly. So I had some thoughts on that mumbling. Uh, and, and really, once you see somebody break the mold, you see a lot of copycats. And you listen to Billie Eilish. And I remember the first song, which this is sweet irony, actually. I didn't even plan this, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drop the music in. Let's cue some music. So this song is called Copycat. And... I it was a big inspiration as far as writing a couple it, it when I first heard this tune I was on my way back to California on the 2017 Pullman Standard Tour it had to have been yeah it was it was uh, 2017 we're almost to Cali I'm I'm sure we were in Arizona or New Mexico making our way back to the coast a couple shows to go and uh, I just said shows like uh like a California dude. A couple shows to go, bro. Even though that's where I grew up. Grew up. It took me a long time to get rid of that uh, California uh, accent for doing voiceover work and stuff of that such. I don't mind it. I keep it. It comes back out when I come back down to San Diego. And now I've been living in San Diego. I feel like it's slowly making its way back into my veins to go to the shows, bro. So, I heard this song, Copycat. And I was, I was taken back. I was, I needed a second because a, it took me back to Estero, and then I was taken aback, as they say, because it was something different. The way she was singing, that mumbling, she just mumbles. It sounds like you got marbles in your mouth. You all right? Take a few marbles out, Billy. What? Was that? I don't know anything about artichoke. Why are you saying artichoke three times? Hmm? Interludes? What's an interlude? I'm kidding. I know what an interlude is, but you got take the mar- take the marbles out of your mouth, please. Thank you. That mumble. You know, it's just like mumble rap, but it's mumble lounge singing. <laughs> now, this is no discredit to Billie Eilish because that girl could sing. She's got an amazing voice. And the great thing is, is she has her own unique style. When you hear her, you know it's Billie. Hey, that's Billie. But she is such a phenomenon that now you're getting all these other young bloods jumping on the train and that Taylor McRae or whatever her name is uh, I'm just going to play a second of that because you heard it at the end you broke me first you could look it up and go down that rabbit hole like I already said of 
hearing a bunch of not just her but find it's listen on spotify and listen to similar artists people also listen to and they all sound like billy eilish like billy eilish billy eilish part two billy eilish part three billy eilish part four but the thing is if you've ever seen the movie multiplicity is they each have their own unique sound you can tell them apart uh this is i don't have time for this motorcycles go away uh, the movie Multiplicity with Michael Keaton, if you ever get a chance, uh, I'm a avid collector of VHS tapes. I love throwback stuff. So Multiplicity is a little-known movie from the 90s that I love to reference. But do yourself a favor and go check out Multiplicity with Michael Keaton. You won't be disappointed. It's so enjoyable, especially if you love 90s nostalgia it's like very early 90s i think like 91 92 93 well, right in that pocket first, and my family is a close second i'm a i'm a distant third bringing up the rear by a miracle of modern science i just need a little time for myself doug kinney is about to get the one thing he needs more of doug your clone himself so uh what uh, what do i feed it now, between the two of us, we're gonna get a lot of stuff done. We're gonna kick some ass. We're gonna be awesome. There are two Dugs to go around. Uh, and you could tell the difference when he gets the premise of the movie is he gets cloned. He makes a clone of himself to help out with all the housework. And that clone uh, is more of like a construction type man's man dude. It takes all the masculine features. When they cloned, they cloned all these masculine features. The next, but then even he's not enough to help out with all the chores. So Michael Keaton clones himself again and makes uh, somebody else, you know, another cologne. Looks just like him. Uh, did I say cologne? <laughs> he makes a cologne. Ode Michael Keaton. And the second clone comes out a little bit more effeminate. A little bit more the softer side of Michael Keaton. But then the clones decide they got too much work, and they decide to clone themselves using their clone DNA, and they get something <laughs> not as bright. So go watch the movie. Hilarity ensues. I just explained the first 15 minutes of the movie, 20 minutes of the movie. The rest of the movie is just fun, and it, it's such a feel-good movie. It really is. And uh, if you've seen Michael Keaton in The Founder... The, it'll be kind of interesting to see him as a. I think he was. I think he was like thirty-eight or thirty-nine when he shot this movie. Maybe he's forty. Whatever. But forty-year-old Michael Keaton, as opposed to now thirty years later, almost pushing seventy, Michael Keaton. Well, same dude, same awesomeness, but uh, just a little bit more bubbly. But that's. The point I'm trying to make is now we're getting into clones of clones of clones. You just get overwhelmed with the not so goods. I'm going to wrap this up with a final thought on what I was watching Bill Maher the other day. I like watching Bill Maher. He's very, you know, he's got his politics and his, his, I wouldn't say he's exactly one-sided, and that's why I enjoy him. Is every once in a while he opens the hatch and he's able to be very right down the middle. And that's what I like to do. I love to be objective. If anybody asks me, they're like, Timmy, what are you doing? I'm not going to talk about politics. But if you want to know, I'm a very objective guy. I'm very, I'm very based on merit. So if what you have to say holds water and there's proven factoids that show better results than other, I, I believe in going with the best results. You know, you go through life, you got to try different things out. 
You got to fail. You got to make mistakes. You got to learn from those mistakes, though. That's the other thing. You fall eight times, you get back up nine. You know what I mean? That kind of shit. Bill Maher had some thoughts, and I'm just going to play a quick clip of his monologue on the Grammys, and you will hear that, I mean, I have different thoughts because I know there's a lot of politics that go into the Grammys as well, and to me, as much as it would be nice to win a Grammy, I could give two shits less because my goals are in the art and and influencing people through that art and not worrying so much about getting an award. So, I mean, it's nice to have awards. Plenty of awards on my wall. Artist Vision Award from Academia 2020. Uh, was that the Executive Award? Best Rock Performance for Intel Pop or Intel Pop Star or Rock Stars or whatever contest that was from 2013. I've had a, I've won a few random little awards. Good for me. But the honest to goodness outcome that I'd like to see from my music is that it just gets into people's souls and allows them to have experiences in life and hopefully one of my songs makes it into their soundtrack. All right, done preaching. Listen to this uh, Bill Maher clip and you'll hear the the meritocracy, though, of the ethos of how we should be living things. And I love it because he actually defends good artists, bad artists, and artists, well, he doesn't really defend artists with money. Like you look at uh, when people just kind of hit on something but they don't have that longevity. There's a lot of artists like that. Like, look at Millie Vanilli won a Grammy and they for lip syncing. You know, there you go. There it is. They won a Grammy for lip syncing. People totally recorded it and then they lip synced in the video and then it made it onto the radio airwaves and they sold millions of records on a lie. But you don't really see Millie Vanilli touring anymore, do you? Well, because one of them is dead, but that has nothing to do with nothing. There are plenty of artists like that, the one-hit wonders, and a lot of those one-hit wonders existed because, well, they were a sign of the times. And they couldn't evolve. They didn't have either the backing, and they were too involved with the record industry and not as much involved with the artistry. And that's why, mate, you get bands like The Stones, and Metallica and Fleetwood Mac that transcend the years and are just timeless. Metallica is timeless. Yes, ladies and gentlemen. They have their ups and downs, but they have songs that are timeless and classic and rock, as well as the Stones. They have a lot of shitty songs, actually. I went back through their catalog, and this is for another episode but I, I'm gonna I'm gonna point out my top ten shitty Rolling Stones tunes. Not top ten. I don't like top ten lists as much as I just like lists. Like, oh, here are five shitty Rolling Stones tunes. Uh, they weren't like the Beatles. The Beatles, you could find something in their music that you were always just so intrigued with. They had songs that were better than others, but uh, they're the Beatles, mate. They're the Beatles. So, Bill Maher had some words. You know why 99% of artists aren't getting heard? Because music is hard and most people suck at it. For more details, Google reality. 
Rolling Stone actually writes the sentence, in a perfect world, the bottom 1% of artists would get 1% of activity. No, they wouldn't. That's a stupid world I don't want to live in. Who taught you this nonsense? <laughs> and when you whine that streaming hasn't just upheld the gap between music's haves and have-nots, it's widened it. You're making my case for me. Because streaming allows the public to sample everybody. There's no more gatekeepers. You can't complain no one heard your song because no label would sign you. We tore that wall down. And the result was the same. Some musicians are have-nots because, yes, they may have a voice, but we have ears. Which brings me to my closing point, is work your ass off and keep getting better. And also know that not all of you are going to win that golden nugget. Not all of you have that it. Not all of you write good music. But there is a chance to taste the sweet success of victory if you know how to line the right people up in your camp. You don't have to be an amazing songwriter. But if you have the drive, you could find a good songwriter if you have the voice. And you pair those two people up and oh my gosh, look at Elton John. Very unique voice. Could play the hell out of the piano. But it took him coming together with another songwriter to be the Elton John. To be the man that you know. The career that you know. Look at David Bowie. The reason why he started singing, he doesn't have this amazing voice, but he was writing music, writing tunes. And eventually... He hit a luck shot, and his voice was so unique. The way that he sang, he was David Bowie. He hit on something. All the hipsters were like, man, I could drink some tea to this music. I could drop some acid to this music. Groovy. I could drink some tea and drop some acid to this music. Far out. I would assume that's probably what they were saying back in the 60s and 70s. Early 70s. Far out, man. You going to San Francisco? Far out. All right. So, hopefully, you learned a little something today. And at the same time, I will have some of these songs and stuff posted in the links. So you can go check them out for yourself. But, uh... I'm going to let you guys in on a little... Let's see. I will do a live performance of Land Down Under that I recorded at Hennessy's. Okie doke. You guys have a fun, safe weekend. For those of you that make it out tonight at the Hennessy's in La Jolla, let's rock. For those of you out there that cannot make it out or in any other part of the country listening to this podcast, you rock. I love you. Miss you. I am going to be live streaming one of my shows coming up. We'll see. I'll keep you posted. Until then, if a task once begun, never leave it till it's done. Be that labor, big or small. Do it well, but not at all. Rock and roll. Traveling in a fright, I'll come be On a hippie trail head full of zombie Met a strange lady She made me nervous She took me in and gave me breakfast She said, do you come from a land down under? 
women roaring and thunder Can you hear, can you hear the thunder? Oh yeah, you better run, you better take cover From a man in Brazil, he was six foot four, full of muscle. I said, Do you speak my language? He just smiled, gave me a Vegemite sandwich, and he said, Oh, I come from a land down under. But women go and men chunder. Smith on those backing vocals. <laughs> so that reminds me of a story not too long back, actually. <laughs>